another edition of the unhealthy scratch podcast here sitting in the uh studio with uh the dude sunny d hello and we can't see it's a zoom meeting we can't see spike right now so but because spike has an old hockey injury Legitimately, I think this one is from baseball as opposed to hockey, since I never actually learned how to skate. Although maybe I did fall on my face as I was trying to learn how to skate, and that's what caused it. But yeah, I am uh, missing one of those bottom teeth directly in the front of my mouth. So figured I'd spare everybody having a look at that tonight. Are you going to um, put it under your pillow? <laughs> I actually look like... So when they were pulling it out, I actually read through all the documents that I was signing to see what happens to the tooth because I figure like, it's my property. Like, can I sell it back to the dentist? Like, I don't know how it works, but essentially it said by agreeing to them pulling out the tooth, I agree to them keeping the tooth and then disposing of it through biohazard or whatever the hell they do. So they probably uh, crush it. Yeah, they might. I, I legitimately don't know what they do. So it can't be a good tooth. They're not going to put it else in somebody else's mouth. So no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> it had a hole in it. I can't imagine it's that good for them. <laughs> Maybe the the new trend will be like pierced teeth. Somebody just <laughs> put, a hole, put a hole in your tooth and put a new uh, in there. Have you had uh, a slight ache and dull smell from your mouth? Well, have we got something <laughs> for you? <laughs> Are you completely and utterly retarded? Well, check out this new trend. <laughs> so, yeah, I got to imagine they just crush it and throw it away. But uh, you know what? Uh, whatever the dentist does with it, that's his own uh, sick, twisted fantasy. But. Yeah. Uh, we he are... crushes it and snorts it like a drug. Who knows? Ooh, angel dust. Says <laughs> <laughs> so just spike dust and, and just. <laughs> so yeah, we feel disgruntled and bitter all day. We got a lot to talk about this week because we t- we touched on some free agency until Sonny fell asleep on us last podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're two hours ahead, but That's you know, right. do you have bedtimes in Canada? <laughs> I was gonna say we just got beds, so it's one thing at a time. We just got internet last week, so yeah, we just got uh, internet last week. Uh, we had the first reliable clock put in just down the street, so it's uh, it's exciting times up here. Just wait till you guys get traffic lights, <laughs> right? What do you guys do without traffic lights? I mean, it's like, oh, your turn, eh? <laughs> Pretty much. Like, do you know it's like it's one of those things where if a light goes out. People are just cordial enough and have a good enough understanding of the roadway. That that no one just, goes. No, that it just goes so smoothly. Like everybody knows and acknowledges whose turn it is, and that it almost like it, the cops or the uh, cadets are never in a hurry anymore because just people are so good at handling their business. Hmm. That's fair. I mean, I can't say that that would ever fly here in uh, America, uh, U.S. Much less, uh, much less Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine if everybody had to literally take one turn at a time in every direction because you have to obey the rules of a four-way stop it would be insane down there nobody would ever do it i don't even think people know what a four-way stop is in this city 
All right, so let's talk hockey. And uh, actually, before we talk hockey, I want to talk about our brand new sponsor, by the way. If, hey. you, play, if you play hockey or, or just in pain in general, Spike, maybe you can do this for your, uh, for your jaw or something. <laughs> uh, our new sponsor is Eden's Herbals. You can, uh, all your CBD needs are taken care of with them. They even have CBD dog treats, which I'm interested to try out for oh. the pooches. Um, because I don't know, I, you know, I know that the dogs, I have the dogs I have are getting older and I, our big pit bull, she takes off running somewhere and you can just tell like halfway through the run, she's like, Oh, I have greatly <laughs> misread this situation. <laughs> and then she's hurt for, you know, an hour or so, but I don't know. I'm interested in trying them out for sure. Especially also, you know, we just had July 4th. That's another way to calm them down as well. But uh, check out Eden's Herbals. Uh, they're on our link tree on our Twitter and our Instagram um twitter tus pod uh tus hockey podcast and uh, on our instagram it's just tus pod so our podcast uh, i'll get it right eventually um so let's let's dive into the hockey here because there's kind of a lot uh we, we want to touch on a few more free agents especially ones that are not signed yet because i'm curious to know if you're if you want them on your team or where you think they're going to end up for sure um we're going to talk about jack eichel and the statement his team put out not sure what he expected to do to get from that. Uh, I want to talk with Spike about David Krejci and his <laughs> decision to go to the Czech Republic and play. Uh, obviously, Evander Kane's the hot-button issue in the NHL. We'll touch on that. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, he says he's in. He's not going to retire. So all that and more with the dude Sunny D and Spike and myself. And uh, let's start with Evander Kane. He is the topic uh, du jour in the NHL right now. It's obviously, if you aren't familiar with it, his wife has come out. Uh, I guess a woman scorned, you could say, that said uh, Evander Kane bets on Sharks games and bets on the Sharks to lose. Now, first glance, that's not a hard bet to make. I mean, they suck. I don't think Evander Kane, quote-unquote, throwing games was really hard because the rest of the team is hot garbage. No way. Pardon me, agreed. I uh, 100% agree. Uh, I but, I mean, okay, whether you're the cause of losing games or not, you still can't gamble on your own games. I know. I was going to get there. But my point is, is that I was trying to throw a joke, like, betting on your team to lose, I mean, he was definitely winning a lot. Because he, but, owes, he owes Las Vegas a lot of money. Yeah, like, he, like a lot. He's yeah, already declared close to seven figures. Yeah. So, well, he's, he's already declared bankruptcy, hasn't he? Like, he declared full bankruptcy, uh, like, last season or something, wasn't it? So, I mean, he's in a world of trouble. And, and – I mean, this is going to be a case study, however it ends up. A case study, I love that. That's, that's... Like, this is 100% a case study of how it can go so wrong, so quickly, and so badly. Like, here's a guy who's still a top-tier talent when he wants to be, um, or <laughs> potentially can be, um, but instead has decided, hey, nah, let's just piss away my money, let's fart around, and let's play when I want to play. And, I, I mean... It's sad in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But I mean, I do know Spike that uh, Evander Kane owes the Cosmopolitan half a million on top of more. Oh yeah, I mean he he. The gambling is a problem. I think Sonny is actually right to a certain extent. Where this is going to be. Uh, a case study for like some kind of psychological journal like the APA or some other kind of well-respected journal they can absolutely take a look at this guy 
see what he's done, see how it's uh, affected his life and everything else. Um, you know, I, 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 it's strange for me to think that he would be betting on the team to lose for two, well, for a number of reasons. Number one, the fact that he's a forward, he doesn't have that much influence over a game. Like he's not on the ice for that long and he's not like, uh, yeah, the equivalent it, of one period, basically. Or maybe yeah, and, 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 you know, unless he's, like, really strategic about it, then maybe. But, you know, the, the other piece of it is, like, he was about their best player this past year. How do you – how are you that good on a team that's that bad? But how are you that good and trying to throw games? I just don't understand where the two – come together it's just kind of strange for me to to see it that way so, well i don't know i and like and let's be fair too like this is a hateable guy like before this, this not, yes absolutely yeah this is not somebody who is a, a fan favorite this is not somebody who's even a teammate's favorite and i'm not even thinking about the sharks who have said you know a number of them apparently don't want him on the team anymore but i'm thinking back to even when he was with the jets when he was having all sorts of issues, I think it was 2014 or 2015, maybe, where they basically like took his clothes, threw them in the shower, and you know kicked him out of meetings, and he wasn't playing. Like he was a healthy scratch for a team that was clawing for a wild card spot. Like this is not a guy that teammates like. And then, you know, I'm sure if we went to other people and said, you know, other people that have played with him and said, what do you think about Evander Kane as a teammate? I can't imagine you're going to hear too many positive things. So this could very well be just somebody who knows him very well that's sick and tired of him and wants to get him in as much trouble as possible. And this is a great way to do it. Yeah, things in Winnipeg were kind of weird. Um, because yeah, you heard that they were doing the, some things and, and the things they were doing to him, like, don't get me wrong. It's not, they're never justified doing, um, it, it's, it's just one, it, it's hazing is really what it is. And it's, it's shit in itself. It just, you have to wonder if this is something he brings out in his teammates, right? Where as grown men, they decide like, Hey, the best way to deal with this is to become teenagers again. And, uh, it, yeah, like, I, I don't know if it's going to something that could start up in San Jose. But the Winnipeg thing was weird because Winnipeg's had a weird team culture for a while now. And kind of with the – at that time, if you remember, it was kind of like an almost internal coup of leadership change. It was time to get Andrew Ladd out. It was maybe time to get Bufflin to take a back seat on that. Um, Wheeler and Shifley were wanting to step up and take over the team. I mean, even Patrick Line when he left Winnipeg, uh, didn't have the most flattering things to say about that dressing room and that team culture. So it's it's weird with Evander Kane. He, I think it's just, as I said before, it's going to be an interesting case study, uh, for lack of a better term, as to just the whole thing. Like, it'll be interesting. Maybe when he retires, we can get him as a guest. <laughs> we, might have to, we might have to pay him. <laughs> <laughs> that, by the way, one of my favorite sports chirps of all time was when San Jose visited Vegas after it came out that Evander Kane uh, was in debt to the Cosmo for however however much, and the crowd just instantly started chanting, pay, pay your, your markers. markers. Yeah, I remember it that. It was perfect. Perfect. Wasn't it, so, 
Isn't it something like to the tune of like sixteen million or something just to the casino? No, he is being sued for fifteen million by a bank, and right? Okay. Like creditors and stuff. Uh, the the only thing I know concrete is that he owes five hundred k to the Cosmo, which he's already come out and said is a lie, and he won't pay it. So yeah, GLGL with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mr. K, come on in, come on in. We'll let you play it off. Like no. <laughs> It was weird that – did you guys see that Robin Leonard came out with uh, some words to say on Kane's behalf, of all people? I did not. Please enlighten me. Uh, so I saw it on Instagram. Um, let me see if I can pull it up. But basically, yeah, Robin Leonard uh, kind of came out to testify two things, um, essentially saying, like, hey, we're hearing one side of what seems like a very complicated story here, so let's not jump to any conclusions. Um, but then he took this weird decision and decided he wanted – um oh man i can't find it but anyway uh wanted to then defend the gambling aspect of it and decided to throw his uh hat in the ring that he was all that he's been gambling with kane and that yeah of all the bets he seemed to make none of them seemed to be on the sharks so it was kind of a weird thing like i got the first part coming in for him i mean letter famously has dealt with his own issues i can't imagine there's a ton of eyes on him and pressure on him right now in vegas um, with them letting go of Flurry. So it's just kind of interesting that he'd throw himself uh, kind of in the fire there a little bit alongside Kane. So I don't know if there's more to that, but uh, I'm, I'm going to try to look it up here as uh, we move on. Well, I guess the question is really <clears throat> kind of like the Pete Rose situation. There was never any proof. So it was kind of, you know, preponderance of the evidence here in this spot. Uh, is any casino or any sports book going to come out and throw Evander Kane under the bus. Right. Mm. Right. And yeah, why wow. would Rob, why would Robin Leonard include yourself in this? Like, I'm sorry, dude. I, I know that he is a Vegas Golden Knight, and obviously he is, you know, the one G at this point. Uh, but dude, shut up. Shut up. Yeah, it was a weird thing. That's what I said. It was, it was weird. Yeah, I can't find it, damn it. But I thought I'd saved her send. I got, I got it. I got it right here. I looked on Twitter. It says, I've been around a Vander while gambling many, many times, and never once has there been any hockey involved. So that's, that's, a, that's kind of a vague statement. Has there been any hockey involved? <laughs> yeah, we were gambling. We didn't play hockey. We bet on it. But we didn't play <laughs> hockey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing for Leonard to decide to, decide to get himself involved with. And, I mean, it's weird, too, because he's in a high-pressure situation, too, because he starts farting around here, and especially as Flurry's replacement. Like, this could go very badly for him and the team super quickly. So, I know the new chirp when things go bad for Leonard Spike. Oh, boy. It's going to be pay Kane's markers. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying, he's already not loved in Vegas. Through no fault of his own, but he's already not loved in Vegas. Don't get involved in things like this. Now, the situation that Leonard talked about, you know, all the mental health about being cooped up with the COVID season and everything, I'm okay that he came out with that. I, I know that it, it attributes to the mental health that he suffered. But, I mean, you're not doing yourself any favors, one, by having a Twitter, and two, by saying things like this. No, exactly. Exactly. Like, if I was Robin Leonard right now, I'd be singing Marc-Andre Fleury's praises and shutting the fuck up about anything else. Yeah. No, I, 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 Leonard, I appreciate the fact that Leonard wants to stick up for people that are, you know, 
in the public eye for the wrong reasons because he's been there, he's done that, and I think he knows what he went through, so therefore he wants to, you know, kind of be not a safety net, but like a, a counselor of sorts to these guys who are out there and getting shit on for one reason or another uh, for their own making or not, or whatever the case may be. So I, I kind of appreciate that about Robin Leonard. Like that's a good teammate to have. That's a good voice to have. That's a good advocate to have on your side. But like, I, I think Aaron, you're right, which I hate admitting when you're right, but I think you really are this time that he has to know when to pick his battles and he has to know when to, when to speak up and when to stay out of it. And when it comes to things that involve like legal issues or things that can get somebody thrown out of the game, that's when you have to back off and say, eh, maybe not because yeah, Robin, you may have been around Evander Kane number of times when the two of you were gambling that doesn't mean you were around Evander Kane 100% of the time that he was gambling. So it's best just to kind of put your hands up, back away, walk out of the room like it's on fire and you want nothing to do with it because that is the, the best way for self-preservation. Yeah, but not only that, I mean, I, like you said, you know, he, he feels like he wants to be a mouthpiece or a, or a, or a friend in need. And he could have, like, I look at the tweet that um, – uh, Vince Sapienza tweeted out here, uh, basically, you know, quote, the quote, the Robin Leonard quote, and it's like a thread. And I look at the second and third parts of the thread. All of that's great. That first part of like, I've been gambling with him many times. Like, it just, why? Like, I'm sorry, you make $5 million a year. Hire somebody for like, I'll do it for like 50K just to, just to, you know, <laughs> You know the, the guys in the football sidelines that pull the coach back? That's what Robin Leonard needs. But, like, <laughs> yes. for his life, for his life. He needs the guy that just pulls him off the side, off yeah. the field and onto the sidelines. Like, yeah. Yeah, he needs a buddy to just be like, mm, 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 mm. nope, nope, nope. You, got, you don't need to comment on this. You're good. You're good. I'll tell you what. Just pay me an extra, like, 20K a year. I'll hang out with Robin on my, um, when I'm not working. And I just, <laughs> just give me a button that has a shock collar around his neck. He can take it off for games. But if I think he's going to try to approach an issue and say something stupid, just give him a little bit. Like a little bit. <laughs> well, funny enough, ironically enough, it seems to be that was uh, management's desire with Flurry. I was reading today that um, apparently it wasn't a, that difficult a decision to let him go, that they had just kind of lost faith um, uh, in him both in the net as well as the decisions he was making in and around the net uh, was the terminology that I read. So probably alluding to his playmaking blunders and uh, some of the high risk, uh, low reward uh, goaltending tactics that he employs. So it's just kind of interesting that we talk about that. They probably are like, Hey, if we can put a shot collar every time he looks to go do something stupid, maybe we'll keep him." But. Well, I think, I think Spike said it uh, back when we did another podcast that we talked to hockey, like, I'm okay with Mark Andre Fleury, but Mark Andre Fleury leaving because he's the type of goalie that makes the easy saves look incredible and can't make the hard saves. Yes. Sure yeah. enough. Did you say and, that? Yeah, and uh, I I think for anybody that followed Boston sports in the late '90s and early aughts, I compared him to Nomar Garcia Para, who was <laughs> always the guy that made very routine plays look like they were going to be on ESPN's top 10 or top plays of the night, or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, web so, gems. 
Yeah, there you go. So like those were the kinds of things that drove me nuts about Flurry. Because yeah, like when he goes crazy and running out and does that sliding poke check and everybody goes running and crazy, like, yeah, like that's great. That looks good. The problem is more often than not, he didn't need to do that. And when it fails, he looks like a moron. And the problem being when you do two of those in playoff games that re directly result in losses for your team, that's a problem that this team can't overcome. Now, we can talk about Marc-Andre Fleury's record in the playoffs all we want. He's not a good playoff goalie. We know that when the pressure gets on, he starts playing down to a certain level. And, you know, this is one of those areas where it was just like the team had to move on. And as good as Fleury was in the regular season, he's not the playoff goalie that they need to get them over the hump and back into the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I think Vegas fans just really have to admit that uh, Fleury's gone. I don't think they're ready to do that yet at this point. But uh, Leonard's, the, Leonard's the guy. And, and that's just what you have now. You just have Robin Leonard. But I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to see what, what happens with Robin Leonard and Evander Kane here. What do you guys think is going to happen with Evander Kane? I mean, are there, is anybody going to come forward and try to push this guy out of the league? Do you really want to, do you really want to be that sportsbook or that casino with that negative publicity? Yeah, it's true. That's a tough, that's a tough decision because you are drawing a line. You really are drawing uh, a thick, thick, thick line um, moving forward, kind of not just with him, but with kind of the rest of athletes that no longer are you hiding. Like, yeah, your bad behavior is now kind of, we're not going to cover for it. And I guess, too, the thing that Vegas, I mean, coming out of the pandemic especially, it's going to make a statement, too. Um, so, I don't know. I, I just don't know with Evander Kane. You just never know. There's so many layers to the shit. Like, that's the problem is there's just, there's so many layers to this problem. Um, there's the idea that the wife, as she said, where she was having to sell things to buy formula. Like, it's just, this is a mess. This is a mess. And I don't know so much that, that sports books are going to be coming away, coming out and saying anything against him, but nobody's going to be in the Vander Kane business. I can tell you that. Well, yeah, there's nothing to, there's nothing, there's no business to get. You know, like they're, they're, the Evander Kane business, I think, has dried up now. And this is, uh, I don't think it ends well for him. I think this just plays out horribly. It becomes just this big mess, sadly. I, I, I don't know why, but Sonny using the word thick three times in a row made me uncomfortable. And it was just the thick third thick that did it. It was just, if it had just been two, I think I could have handled it. But that third one drove it over the edge. I just want you to know that I am uncomfortable in your presence, sir. <laughs> I was going to try. I was like, should I try to squeeze out two more sentences here and see if I can squeeze thick in again? Yeah, lay, lay it on real. Lay it on real thick. Lay it on real thick. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't actually have a point there. I just wanted to 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 say that uh, Sonny is creeping me out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So at least I'm not like standing scratching my balls or something in front of the screen. So that would have been even worse if talking about thick, just being like, yeah. So in the thick of things, when things really get down and thick. <laughs> I think that'd be yeah. a good name of a minor hockey league team. Munda cheese. From under cheese. If there was a city in like Canada or wherever just named Fromunda, like you have to be the cheese, right? Uh, long of long joke that so that would be a great salad ingredient yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i hate you both but you're what right is that you're right the evander kane business is gone he can't be a, a sponsor he can't be a spokesman he can't be i mean who's he is he you know what honestly i could see because i've heard this i don't know if the rumor is true i heard jamie fox had gambling debts and now he became the spokesperson for bet mgm interesting well, not spoil. He was in a few commercials. I don't know if that covered his debts or what. That's a rumor. I don't know. But maybe Evander Kane in like, I don't know, five years when the dust settles, maybe uh, he's the spokesperson for Jerry's Nugget. I, I mean, that's so tough, though, to have like uh, uh, a former athlete. Like, it, let's face it, at that point, it would be former disgraced athlete as your spokesperson because Jamie Foxx can do whatever he wants. I mean, he's. He's a celebrity, he's an actor, he's a singer, this, that, and the other thing. But, like, whatever Jamie Foxx bet on, he wasn't in control of the outcome of what he was betting on. Whereas True. Evander Kane does have the ability to affect games. Like, I, I don't see uh, any kind of book, especially a sports book, going after Evander Kane like, Hey, you know, you probably maybe kind of uh, bet against your team and kind of screwed things up. But how would you like to be our spokesperson? Like, I just, I, I don't see it. It becomes interesting too, like how far they want to push this from a legality standpoint. Like, lest we forget, a lot of these commissioners, Gary Bettman included, are lawyers by trade. Yeah. So it does come. So the other thing to think about as well is how far do they want to push this and who do they want to get involved? This becomes a true legal matter where they decide, Hey, we want to actually investigate and see what the hell is going on. Like, that's why it's so interesting that people would throw their hat in. Oh yeah. I go gambling with them all the time. Oh yeah, me too. Um, no, just Leonard. <laughs> just Leonard's throwing himself out of the bus. But yeah, but regardless, if they really want to make a stink about this, it's not a matter of whether sports books are going to want to say anything or not. It's that they might not have a choice to say something or not. Hmm. Now I'm looking at Evander Kane's stats. How in the hell did he get seven and a half million dollars based on his stats? Dude. Seller jerseys. Before, prior to San Jose, never had more than 41 points. 43 points, excuse me. Oh, no, he, he had a 30 goal a year in Winnipeg. He had a 30 you're right. His, his, his rookie year in, or it's not his rookie year, his first year in Winnipeg, he did. You're right. He had All a right, good man. year that year. He almost had a point a game that year. They, uh, no, he had, well, 57 points. Did he, did he say okay. something like, I can score 50 goals a year whenever I want, and then he's just never even come close? Yeah, he doesn't even, yeah, he's, he hasn't averaged anywhere near 50. I'm just, he's got 500 points, but I don't know. I just, I've just never seen Evander Kane. Like, he was such a hype. On the, at the trade deadline, at, you know, Buffalo to San Jose, and just, I don't know, I don't, I don't see it. I think San Jose gave a quite, quite a haul for him, too, if I'm not mistaken. It's because um, I don't think it's a very, it's, it's a weird thing. Could, was there a time that he probably could have scored 50 goals if he wanted to? I, there probably was, in all honesty. And, I mean, with goaltending equipment having gotten smaller, 
that time might have actually come back around. It's, it's that attitude of why are we compensating you when you've yet to do it? Like Mike Bossy, the, the, like, I don't know if you guys know the Mike Bossy story, but when they offered him a contract, he, they were like, this is it? And they're like, well, listen, based on what you scored, based on what you do, this is how much we can offer you. And he's like, what if I score 50? And they're like, well, this is what we offer you. So he went out and scored 50. Hmm. And actually, I think he went out and scored 60 that year. They were like, well, I guess you got what you wanted. He's like, no, 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 that was for 50. The number <laughs> for 60 is this. Yeah. Like it was something like that or whatever it was. When we scored 70, even. he was like, yeah, that was the number for 50. <laughs> we, we, you know, this is a different number we're talking here. Now, here's... And I, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But I was going to say, for Kane, that's quite the promissory note to be giving any NHL team. You know, I could score 50 any time I want. So that's this season? Yeah, it could be. Could be. <laughs> could be. Stick around, find out. <laughs> yeah. So here's a question. Like, you know, Roger Goodell has run guys out of the league. Like, let's take the Pac-Man Jones situation. He never actually really got convicted of anything, yet – you know, just became, he couldn't, he, he never got a better contract. He just kind of became public enemy number one. He did play for a few more years, but then kind of fizzled out. Like, I'm going to read off this laundry list here. He, July 2016, sued by a 20-year-old, 21-year-old woman who accused him of assaulting her uh, in a hotel room. You know, so she had cuts, bruises, multiple surgeries. August 1st, pled not guilty to a count of criminal trespassing and four counts of harassment after Confrontation with four separate people in downtown Buffalo. 2019, Kane announced, oh, that's not a, that's not a battle. <laughs> but uh, let's just say he had a miscarriage with his, with his wife. That's not, that's not relevant to this. But uh, 2019, was sued by the Cosmopolitan after he walked out on a half million dollar gambling debt. He had received $500 in gambling. We talked about that one. So um, other casinos jumped on the suit. He had restitution and, and fees associated with the lawsuit upwards of a million million plus um and then obviously filed bankruptcy in january 11th of 2021 and then you have this like is this enough for uh gary bettman to just say no you're done like even if you were never convicted of any of this stuff like even if you're not even gambling on your games the fact that this happened because you had some issue with your wife i mean his wife doesn't just come out like this she's not she doesn't wake up one day and just choose this kind of violence like something had right. to happen in their marriage. Hmm. Well, so, not go ahead. No, just say it. So, I mean, at this point, if I'm Gary Bettman, why even investigate? Just say no. You're you're done. You're not playing. You're on the commissioner's list. I don't know what they call it in hockey, but you know, you're on the commissioner's list, and you're not playing. Sean Watson, I think, is going to go on that this year um, with all his issues in Houston. So. Yeah, and that could very well be uh, the situation as well. Um, like, at the end of the day, it's very much within Gary Bettman's right to be like, yeah, you know what, Evander, this is over. Like, this is done. And, and they could be saying that precedent. I mean, there are some powerful accusations being laid out there. Um, very Again, I guess following in his buddy Robin Leonard's lead when he says, I'm going against my lawyer's advice. Well, right away, as soon as I read that, I'm like, well, I'm going to continue reading. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this just got interesting. Well, and ga um, gambling just became a thing now. It's more and more prevalent nationwide. I don't know about Canada. I know that they, they have parlay tickets in Canada. Yeah, we have parlay tickets too. But, you know, gambling has become so much more... 
I guess, accepted for lack of a better word, uh, you know, in society. And for the longest time, sports were like, you know, you know, no, no gambling, no, no, no. And then now they finally have opened up their arms to it. And one of your guys is gambling on his own team. Yeah. Potentially, allegedly. No, and it's, well, in Canada, I think now we're getting, I forget how it's going to operate, but I believe coming up right away, or maybe it's just started, I don't know. Uh, we are going to get individual game sports betting too. I'm not sure how it's going to run, but all our gambling is run uh, for the most part in Canada is run is government run. So it's just, it's a matter of the government's deciding, okay, for those few provinces and few areas where they're either reserve run casinos or whatever it might be, do we want to let them in the action as well, essentially? Like that's what it always comes down to. It comes down to like, you know, those few small pockets where it's not completely government run are they willing to let them have a piece of a pie that, you know, that they don't, sorry, could they not have the pie and keep them out? Or is the pie big enough for them to allow them to have some as well? So that's why we're kind of, I think now getting it. I think it's just the government's like, there's too much money to be made. Yeah. Well, not only is there too much money to be made, it's not like it's not happening in Canada. Right. Yeah, now they have the ability to look at it, to regulate it, to like act as the safety net for the uh, the citizens in case you know a bad actor shows up and rips people off, et cetera, and so on. I mean, we know all right. the arguments for this. Yeah. Um, well, no, it goes back to the main argument: is can the government get a piece? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but if it's anything like they've done with a lot of things, honestly. I, it might be unpopular to say this, but the things that the government have gotten their hands on in Canada in terms of those industries, liquor, gaming, cannabis, I don't know that we're worse off that they control it. Like, so I don't get free liquor in Manitoba. You know, so sometimes, yeah, you have to pay for your soft drinks. Do I need free liquor? What do you mean free liquor? You mean the casinos? Yeah. We don't oh, I thought you meant just like, I can't walk into a Circle K and be like, hey, <laughs> I'll take that uh, bottle of E and J over there, and they're like, "Yeah, cool, no charge." I, I didn't know what you meant there. I'm like, oh yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like, it, can't no, get free liquor in the states. Sorry, in the, in the casinos, yes, in the casinos we don't get free liquor, but the casinos are clean. They're well run. There's a certain standard that's ma- uh, maintained and kept. Um, they're always updated. Uh, you know, so it's just it's one of those things. Yeah, they got involved in that cannabis too. I mean. Well, you can't get free liquor in a lot of a lot of states here either in the casinos. Oh, really? It's just a Vegas type thing. I think it's just Vegas and AC, Atlantic City. Right, Atlantic City too. Yeah. In Florida, oh, they, Florida, I know you cannot. Oh, really? Yeah, you'd have to pay for your drinks separately and all of that. Yeah, I think they're all like four bucks. I think like anything you want is four bucks. Oh, oh, so that's not too bad. Here, it's like nine bucks for a beer. Jesus, that's yeah, crazy. We get hosed. We get hosed. We pay strip prices, basically. <laughs> that's the way to. That's the best analogy I can give. When when I look at when I go like out for dinner in the strip sometimes, I'm like, yeah, this is this is cheaper than eating at home. It's <laughs> than going out to eat at home for sure, 100, percent 100. percent Like it's it's ridiculous. I'm uh, I'm chatting here on on Twitter DMs with uh, Ken Bulky of Sinbin.Vegas. I don't know if you guys are familiar oh, yeah. with him uh i said you know i said hey your thoughts on leonard his statement about kane he goes at some point leonard needs to try and just shut the fuck up and not make everything about him 
<laughs> so true. That's what we said, you know. Well, I, same message as me, although he got there from a very different place than I did. I'm talking more self-preservation. I think he's thinking that Leonard is maybe a bit more self-centered than I, I think he is. Right. No, I, I can I can understand that. It's just like I think everybody, everybody around Vegas, especially now that Mark Andre Fleury is gone, it's just like, dude, please, just. Just shut up. Just shut up. I think Bill Foley's sitting there too, just going, just shut up. I already had to put my tail between my legs and trademark Andre Fleury, a guy I told him and his family to their face you would retire here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And not only trade him, but trade him for Peanuts. What, a, a, a fifth round pick that can barely make an ECHL team. And he's loaned back to Chicago's ECHL teams, so they still get to use him and play him this year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. No yeah. way. Yeah, dude. No, you forgot. You forgot what they traded about. Cup space, which they spent on Genny <laughs> Dadanov, Laurent Brassois, and I'm assuming they're going to sign uh, Nolan Patrick. And, At some point, uh, but, I mean, they need to make room for Nolan Patrick is the problem. Well, yeah, um, that's true too. I mean, they traded Reeves too, so you're out two fan favorites here in a matter of what 48 hours. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, speaking yeah. of, we have to talk about it. You said he was untouchable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think I could have been farther from the truth of my life. I think he was gone literally 12 hours later. I think he was. Gone. I think it was. We, you guys weren't even done making fun of me, and then and he had already been traded. <laughs> I and like. The fact that he got traded kind of doesn't surprise me. Like, you could make an argument, like, you could keep him, you can get rid of him, blah, blah, blah. But you know Gerard Gallant loves Ryan Reeves. Gerard right. Gallant is now in, in New York. Plus, let's not the fact that this Rangers team, this is a tell me you think your team is soft without saying you think your team is soft. Got Ryan Reeves, got Sammy Blay, got Barclay Goodrow, got Tenorti, like, that team just added a lot of beef and especially knowing that they have the Capitals and Tom Wilson in their division, those games are going to be fucking bloodbaths this year. Pay-per-view specials, each and every one of them. It should be a good time to watch all of those games. Yeah. yeah the, I was uh, reading Go ahead. Tom Wilson's going to get a few stick butts right in his chin. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was reading a breakdown today where they were actually predicting that the Capitals might not even find themselves in a playoff spot when it's all said and done. Like it, you know, Metro's tough. The Metro's the Metro keeps getting tougher. It's a tough division. That's what makes the like. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with Tampa, but uh, yeah, it, it does kind of make it like that. That uh, that division's now not wide open, but it's a tough one for sure. Well, what do you do? What do you do with the Metro? I mean, look, they're, they're called the Metropolitan Division. They literally have the yeah. big markets. Like, you, you're not in financial, you know, you're not in, the, you're not in the black enough to, like, make it like the NFL, where, like, okay, the Chargers and the Rams, one's in the AFC, one's in the NFC. Like, you, you don't need that much travel. Right. So, I mean, maybe you revamp the Atlantic and the Metro or something, because, like, I don't know, because – I mean, you have Boston in the Atlantic. I mean, you could put them in the Metro and just make it 10 times worse. You could, yeah. It's true enough. True enough. That, like... Well, you have Washington, you have New York, you have New York, you know, you have, you know, those teams like that. And it's just like, why? 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 And then, you know, we see here go, well, the Pacific sucks. Well, yeah, because 
they, they don't have a lot of good teams right now. But, you know, there's, it's going to be cyclical. The Atlantic doesn't have a ton of good teams. They got, what, four? Yeah, I remember I wish I could – I wish I could remember who told me back in, like, 2006-ish. And they said, watch and see, by, like, 2010, 2011, L.A. Kings are going to win the Cup. And I was like, what? And they're like, watch and see. They said they're slowly under the radar building up a pretty good team. They've stocked up on some good young talent that are flying under the radar. And I was like, okay, sure. And then I remember when, uh, and then it's that same person. And it's between two or three people. So it doesn't even matter which one of them it was. And when Anaheim won their cup in 07, I think it was. 07, yeah. They were like, if you think Anaheim's good now, wait till LA in like three to four years from now. I was like, oh, okay, okay. And then lo and behold, it was a di- it was a two team dynasty for a while between Chicago and uh, and uh, LA. So yeah, it is it is totally cyclical. It's just I think what happened with those specific division teams, they remained relevant a little too long in their current cycle. They were t- they were just good enough for um to not have to rebuild and then by that point you kind of fall behind the eight ball and remember too what um was it vegas's first year here when they played la in the first round where every game was a one goal game and there wasn't a game that was bigger than two to one where uh they were like showed jonathan quick's numbers and they're like and by the way that was the losing goalies numbers like yeah, I think Quick gave up a total of seven goals in that series, and yeah. uh, and they lost four games to none. Yeah. Yeah, that's just like the uh, Western Conference Final against Dallas, where Dallas scored nine, Vegas scored eight, and they lost four to one. <laughs> right. who's, the, who's the worst team in the Metro? I'm looking at the, uh, the, the divisions here. I mean, who's the worst team in the Metro? Columbus? Would have to be. Columbus is the worst in every division unless Ottawa's in it. <laughs> well that's the thing with the atlantic you have buffalo ottawa and detroit i mean it's just like yikes we think uh we think new jersey's gonna finish above columbus this year yes does that matter they're not gonna make either team's gonna make the playoffs yeah right? no but i mean you're saying who's worse i'm not entirely convinced that columbus is significantly worse than new jersey like, i don't think that the answer is as clear as you two seem to think it is that's just like that's like arguing arguing over diarrhea or formed poop, which is worse. Like <laughs> Columbus and New Jersey. No, I, I I'm not. I just asked a question. It was, you know, who is worse? Because you look at it, you have Washington, Philly, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Islanders, Rangers, and then maybe Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's true. It's like it's like three of these teams are moving on. Maybe four. May like. It's tough. It's tough to think about. And yeah, there's some situations this year where you could be seeing some name brand players watching the playoffs from their couch. Well, well, why can't five teams make it? I guess they could. I mean, the Atlantic, you have Boston, Tampa, and Toronto. We could probably pencil them in for playoffs. Boston. Yeah. Barring injury. Florida is the spoiler. Montreal yeah. is going to take a giant step back. Montreal's and, taking all the steps back. Montreal's yeah. not taking a giant step back. Montreal's taking every step they can backwards. And then you have Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit. Okay, Detroit, their fan, let, just ask their fans. They'll tell you they're ready to contend again. <laughs> uh, true enough. No, I think it's interesting, though, because you had pointed this out to me, Aaron, that uh, 
Montreal fans whining about what Tampa Bay did, and yet they are finding themselves in the exact position to do exactly what Tampa did. Difference is, though, is like Tampa Bay, I think what people feel was malicious and dirty about what Tampa did is Tampa knew what they were doing. Um, are you like saying Montreal, that Mark Bergman's not going to know what he's doing when he puts I think Gary, Montreal Gary is Price just and Shea Weber on LTIR? Montreal is just in a mess because, I mean, that's relying on getting the two of them back for the playoffs. You're not getting Weber back. You might Weber might have played his last game. And correct. It's a I little mean, different of a scenario because Weber is not coming back, but that money is there. Right. But the the thing with Tampa Bay was you knew those guys were coming back. You knew yes. the money was there, but those guys were coming back. I will say this one time on a podcast. <laughs> I will say in 2015 when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. They were over the cap, albeit only like $8 million. The Tampa Bay Lightning said, hey, WTF, this shouldn't happen. We should put this to a vote. The vote went 29 to 1. <laughs> that it continues happening. The 1, obviously, was Tampa. So you know what Tampa said? Fine. If you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, true enough. True enough. And uh, I, I do remember how infamous that was. I also remember, remember John Cooper thinking – um, to put uh, who was the guy? A Ben Bishop, a one-legged Ben Bishop in net instead of Andre Vasilevsky. Um, I think it was six six of one in that Stanley Cup final. Six of one. It was uh, it was ridiculous. I mean, knowing um, what you know now about Vasi, of course you're like, what in the world? But yeah. Vasi wasn't ready to, to handle that. Ba- Vasilevsky was like in hindsight, Vasilevsky's still young. I didn't realize how young he is now, let alone back then. He might have been what, like nineteen years old. I think he was like nineteen or twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So it's true enough, but it's just it's sad when that's the drop, right? That Ben Bishop on one leg is still potentially a safer bet than the other guy. Um, but regardless, yeah, Montreal's in a different situation because yeah, Weber may not come back ever. Um, and Carey Price could be in a similar position. He's made a ton of money. He's made money that goes very far for the lifestyle he probably lives in, in pardon me, in Canada and in Montreal. Um, he's got a, he's loved by people and by the fans. He could easily get another gig. Like if he stopped playing hockey, he could be the face of many a thing in Canada. Um, if not get his own like outdoor and fishing show. Like there's a lot of things that Carey Price could do. Outdoor um, fishing show going to pay him ten and a half million. Depends if he becomes the face of it, right? You get a couple of big endorsement deals that might not have been present when you were playing hockey. He might not need ten and a half million a year, though, right? He could be one of those people that's like, yeah, I spent the first few million I made, but the rest is in the bank. Like, you know, people forget that if you got fifty million in the bank and you spend a hundred thousand uh, dollars a year that's that, that that money lasts you a long time without having to grow no uh, I, I i understand that i'm just saying like there's not a lot of jobs out there or spokesman jobs that are gonna pay ten and a half million uh, you know minus oh. the minus the canadian taxes right it would just it would come down to whether he's decided my days of needing to make ten and a half million are done maybe spike uh you're since you're such a good judge of divisions um <laughs> Which division is worse, the Atlantic or the Pacific? Uh, God almighty, they're both terrible, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it might be the Atlantic because between Ottawa and Buffalo, those are two just wretchedly bad teams. As bad as the California teams are for the Pacific – 
uh, everything about Buffalo and Ottawa stinks. Detroit's probably still a couple years away during their rebuild to actually compete. Um, you know, but at least the teams in California are are trying. So I don't know. I, I, I think it has to be the Atlantic. So I just want to point out one thing that if you go on Instagram, you check out Carrie Price's page, his story is next summer is going to be fun as he pulls up in this big silver RV bus uh, that looks the size of a small strip mall and a Traeger grill. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe Mr. Price is already lining himself up. Maybe he's decided. I don't need those ten and a half million anymore. You know what to say about that? I don't know. I, I, he's what? How old is he? Thirty-three. Carey Price is my age. Yeah, thirty-three. Thirty-three or thirty-four. Depending. <laughs> Stop! Don't say that. That 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 hurts my feelings when you say that. Yeah, this guy's my age. He makes ten and a half million dollars a year. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's and he's making the decision. He's done making those. Yeah. Like let's yeah. keep that in mind. He's our age and making the decision that ah, maybe I'm done making those paydays. Maybe yeah. I've had enough of that. Yeah, I've had enough of that. Very, very, very quick side question. What makes you feel older? Seeing guys younger than you retire from professional sports or seeing the children of guys you watch playing sports start to enter the major leagues? Mm. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, I think it's got to be the guys my age retiring. Because I have, I have tossed that word around in my own financial life lately. And uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not near that. I have, an, I have a plan. I have a plan. But again, that's still maybe a decade away. You know, somebody who's 33, like you said, you know, Carrie Price, and who, who's saying, oh, by the way, I definitely don't get $10.5 million yearly <laughs> paydays. This guy's saying, yeah, I've made enough at 33 years old. Yeah, I'm done. You know, and me saying, well, I still need to make a lot more to maybe retire by 40, 42. To be, to be, the, to be having a conversation of maybe retiring at 43 still means you're doing pretty good. Like, oh, I, I, I'd like to think I'm doing good, but the fact of the matter is I'm not retiring at 33. True enough. True enough. Um, I don't – I don't know. Who's – Whose kids are in the league now that I watched growing up other than the Kachucks? Ty Domi's kid. Yeah, he was before me a little bit. Oh, he was? Okay. I mean, I remember him, uh, you know, I remember him fighting a guy, bringing, like dragging a guy into the penalty box like a fan. Yeah. yeah well, the fan fell into the box. Or like, fell. After taunting him. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. well, tried to get up and start swinging. And it was like, which, what are Whichever you story doing? it is. Yeah. So, yeah. fact of the matter is that guy ended up in the penalty box with Ty Domi. I remember that. Um. Yes. Yeah. Domi is another one. I uh, help me out here. Who else's kids are in? The uh, league? Martin Brodeur, I think, has had two kids drafted to the NHL. Okay. Fair. They're not there yet, though. One. Well, one should be. One's been in the Jersey system for a couple of years now. If he ain't getting there now, he ain't getting there at all. Um. Who else is there? Uh, By the way, sidebar. Uh, Spike, you're absolutely 100% wrong about the Atlantic being the worst division. How? We'll get back to that. But anyways, I want to do, talk about the kids. Um, yeah, Brodeur is one that I can think of. But it just it cross sports in general. Like right. I know, I know, like uh, Asante Samuel Jr.'s kid. I think just entered the NFL. That one makes me feel old because Asante Samuel, uh, the the 
senior, I guess, um, played football at one of my alma maters, and he was like one or two classes before me. So that one makes me feel old. <laughs> uh so that one does i'm trying to think of some other ones that are in some other leagues um vladimir guerrero jr makes me feel old yeah 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 the, i think it's the kids i think it's the kids more so i don't know they're both i could i could say yes to both there's no wrong answer here i mean you look at what what the, the toronto has biggio bichette and guerrero uh, yeah. the juniors there or the, not the juniors but the kids that's right yeah guerrero jr yeah I think for me, what makes me feel old is when you can, when you have to look, when you can finally look in the mirror and be like, it's done. Like when you, when you look at like a Carey Price is 33, for instance, and this could be the end of the road for him. It makes you look at your own 33 and be like, okay, any faint ass that you're now more than you're all you ever are is a prop bet of how not bad you're going to be at something. Yeah, like at thirty three. At thirty three now, the prop bet wouldn't be, "Hey, could you make it like to a minor league team or whatever?" It's, "Could you stand? Could you still be upright at the end of one day of NHL training camp, for instance?" Like, well, that's that's what I was gonna say. Was you you know <laughs> these guys we're talking about that make me feel old. Then there's Yarmir Yager that makes me feel young. Makes me feel like my life is ahead of me. <laughs> it's true enough. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Potato, I, tomato there. Yeah, Patrick Marlowe is a month younger than I am. So I'm like, ooh, if he's still in the league, maybe I still have time to get in shape and get drafted. Round is a shape. <laughs> hey, Tim Thomas, what is it? He didn't start a game until he was 32 or something like that. So. Yeah, something like that. He, he was a long time in the minors and all that. Plus, he went to college late. so He was playing in the coast. He was playing in the East, ECHL when he got – at his NHL break. I go. think it was just they needed somebody in that one night. Like they were so down in the depth chart and the ECHL team was probably just driving through town. And they're like, we'll take him, the old one. I think he gets uh, hurt. I think I need to go buy the movie The Rookie with Dennis Quaid and just pop that in from time to time just to <laughs> let me know it's never too late. Is that what on Disney Plus? <laughs> if it's on Disney Plus, even better, because I already have that subscription. So uh, uh, yes, Spike, uh, the Atlantic is not the worst division. I'm sorry. I, I understand your theory on this one, but... I explain to me why you think I'm wrong. My base explanation is I think the teams at the top in the Atlantic are better than the teams at the top in the Pacific. Uh... And I think that counterbalances, that counterweights the bottom teams. I understand the California teams are trying, although I don't believe that with San Jose because they're in cap hell. But, uh... You know, now you have an expansion team in the Pacific that the book's out on. And I think the four teams, Florida, Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Boston, are better head and shoulders than Edmonton, Vancouver, Vegas, and Calgary. And you also picked them, so clearly you're wrong. <laughs> All right, that logic I'll agree with. But, I, you know, I still see it as two divisions that have three shit teams and four to five mediocre to really good teams and i just think that the shit in the east is so much worse than the shit in the pacific that it it drags the entire division down and those games are going to be easier wins for those teams at the top than the easy wins for the teams at the top in the pacific 
Um, so I, I think it'll be whoever comes out of the Atlantic will look worse because they have beaten worse talent throughout the season compared to the teams in the Pacific. Maybe. I mean, let's look at the last full year of the standings. What was that, 2019-2020? I guess we still had the bubble a little bit here. but Yeah. Um, so, 70 games played, roughly, theoretically. Uh, Detroit was bad. They had 39 points. <laughs> but uh, Ottawa, 62. Buffalo, 68. Montreal, 71. And then you had the California teams at 63, 64, 67. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I mean, Vegas was leading at 86 points where you had Boston at 100, Tampa at 92, and Toronto at 81, and Edmonton at 83. I don't know. It's, I guess you could look back then two years ago or look at the here and now. I don't, it, arguably, it's an opinion base, but you're right. I mean, I think they're both just terrible divisions. And as much as the Pacific gets shut, shit on, we, we forget about the Atlantic because Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and then now Florida's in that mix. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true enough. It's, yeah, I think that's exactly it. It's like, yeah, those California teams at least try. <laughs> um, and, they, and I mean, if Gibson, for instance, gets hot in Anaheim, he can awkwardly steal a game. It doesn't matter how hot yeah. anybody on the Senators is playing. They're not beating the top teams in the Atlantic consistently. Gibson could get in a good rhythm against one of those top teams, and it's just it's a it's a shitty night for them. It's it's a it's a it's a four point night in the division. It, 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 it's it's a it's a momentum swinger. So it just because of the those those little factors like that in the Pacific, to me that's um, that, that's what kind of gives the Pacific the edge um, a little bit in terms of difficulty than the Atlantic. The, those Atlantic top teams do have an easier path to victory um, over those bottom teams uh, than the Pacific top teams do against their marginal rivals. It's, it's just against everybody else. Pacific bottom teams suck against the rest of the team conference. And, but, but yeah, that gap just, and I think it becomes, I mean, maybe I just, I'm biased because I love the guy, but I just think, yeah, it's when you have the factors like the John Gibson factor, it changes thing. It changes the uh, division's dynamics just that little bit. Yeah, if John Gibson doesn't uh, do anything this year, I think maybe Anaheim might have to look to move on oh, from him. They have to. They have to. He he needs out of there too. He's never going to excel in there anymore. Maybe I, I don't know. So, uh, speaking of goalies, here Flurry is now in the in the Central Division, and that's this is one of the best divisions I've ever seen uh, from top to bottom. I mean, who's the worst team in the, in the, in the Central now? Arizona, Nashville. Arizona. But even Arizona, I look at their team and, it, you know, all this cap dump they have. I mean, I know Andrew Ladd's not going to play, but Gossip Spear is decent. They, they may have a team. But who's their there. goalie now? Who's their goalie now that they lost uh, Kemper? Have they, uh, who's, has anybody signed Ranta? Is Antti Ranta better than Darcy Kemper? No, but he's better than Empty Net. <laughs> 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 Oh, I mean, it's no. Makes a fair point. <laughs> oh, that's so 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 true. Let's uh, see what's in the system here. Carter Hutton. Oh dear Jesus. Yeah. Carter Hutton is is in net at this point. 
Yeah, so empty net wasn't sounding so bad all of a sudden. <laughs> but I look at their team. I mean, yes, there's some older guys and there's some names, but you have, like, you know, guys like, uh, obviously, Clayton Keller is going to be the yeah. guy there. Phil Kessel's still there at this point. Um, the whole haul they got from Vancouver of old guys, Beagle, Erickson, yep. and, uh, and uh, what was his name, Roussel. I mean, Nick Schmaltz is another decent, decent talent. If they, if these older guys give a damn, they may actually end up being semi-competitive. Jacob Chickren, Shane Gosses Bear. I mean, Anton Stroman, I know that guy is, uh, he's probably on his back nine at this point. Back I think, I think what's interesting about the central is, is there a central team that's really contending for the cup per se? Like, oh, I guess Colorado. Never mind, yeah. Colorado. Um, other than Colorado, uh, the rest is it's just that they're kind of they've converged talent wise like the bottom teams did step up the the top teams didn't really pull away you can make some arguments that maybe some of those top teams are a little worse today than they were yesterday that's what's most interesting about the central division it seems to have the most parity across it it's not so much that they're a stacked division i think as much as there's just parity well yes no I, i i can understand that but my my point is is like you're right. Who got who got the best out of the free agency and draft period? You know, right. when I say draft, I mean expansion draft. Who didn't right. get F in the A? I, I mean, it's it's Chicago, right? Right. Now, who did Chicago lose? Brent Seabrook or something like that? Like they lost well, no, the D. Well, they traded. Well, they traded the Tampa. contract. Right. They traded the LTIR. Uh, right. They lost. Didn't they lose Quenville? That's right. Who's like a no nothing? I think he's like twenty five. He's probably not going to pan out. Isn't that Joel Quenville's son? I think it's his nephew. Oh, is it okay? I thought I thought it might have been Coach Q's son, but okay, makes sense. It's somebody in the family, you know that because they look alike. I think. Well, you know the name kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be careful with that, though. But regardless, true enough. True enough. But, I mean, yeah, I'm, we can. A common name is Quenville. Truthfully, yeah. Yeah, and it's a hockey name. I mean, I don't I don't see Quenville outside of anything. Yeah. But. That's like all the Sutters. You know they're related some way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to know the exact relation doesn't really matter. You just – you do know they're all in the same genetic pool. Sutters and Subans. <laughs> True enough. True enough. Purnell Carl and the Younger Brothers. Mike sounded like he wanted to say something there, but I can't no. tell because he doesn't want us to see his face. He doesn't yeah, want us well. to see I mean, normally you don't want to see my face. Now that I have a horrific injury, you do want to see it. Uh, uh, no, like I, I mean, I can't it, look away. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's just in that central division. I know Colorado's obviously the favorite. Chicago looks like they're sitting pretty although i'm not entirely sure that they're ready to compete unless taze and doc are actually fully healthy and back um the i think the question the team to watch is going to be minnesota if they can build and capitalize on what they were able to do this past year or if they're going to fall significantly backwards uh after having, you know, not a great playoff run because they got bounced in the first from Vegas, but if they're able to actually put things together and keep that momentum up and start 
winning some games, I think they could actually be another threat out of this really kind of packed <clears throat> central division. They're, they're, they're my team to watch this year because I'm really curious how they're going to do. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you could pick any of these teams. You got Winnipeg. You got uh, is Dallas going to bounce back now? You know, at this point, I think um, they acquired like every goalie known to man at this point. So, who yeah. you know who you know you got to find four teams, maybe five, to make it. You know, at this point. Yeah. No, true enough. Um, yeah, go on. No, I was just saying, like, you have St. Louis, Colorado. St. Louis isn't a bad team, obviously. They made the playoffs last year as well. Colorado, you have Dallas, you have Nashville. Nashville, who also made the playoffs. I know that it was a different division and everything. But Winnipeg, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. Five of the eight teams in the Western uh, or in the Central made the playoffs last year? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Minnesota, Winnipeg, Nashville, Colorado, and St. Louis. Minnesota made it last year? Yeah, yeah, they 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 lost to they lost to the Knights in seven. They actually gave the Knights a run for their money, man. I forgot that. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that's right. That the Knights stumbled out of the gate. So that's right. Hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Five. Yeah, the Central is an interesting team, an interesting situation because Colorado's probably on paper the favorite to win that division. <clears throat> They have the best player in the division, for sure. And they have the best they, – they might arguably have the best couple of players in that division. Um, but, again, if there's something about – I don't want – they could become the Edmonton of the Central where they've just gotten so used to losing that losing becomes their thing. Whew. I'm sure Nathan McKinnon, he's already publicly said that ain't, that ain't flying with him. Yeah, and I'm happy he's done that. Because I think they're, they are some kind of personnel move, whether it's behind the bench, whether it's front office, whether it's on the ice. There's a move there that needs to be made to address what's happening every single season now for them. Well, I think the question was, I mean, the rumblings were Grubauer, so we'll have to see with Kemper in this spot. Yeah. The, 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 the general question I have is going back to Marc-Andre Fleury and his addition to, you know, now that he's opted in uh, to play for Chicago this year is – like you said, you know, spikes of the belief that they're not ready to contend until they figure out with, with Taves and, and Kirby Doc. But, you know, if they are con- in contention, who's, who's knocked out? I mean, if you take it back to 2020, 2019, 2020, you have St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas, and Nashville would have made the playoffs in a normal, in a right. normal season. Um, or Winnipeg, depending on how the last games went with Nashville, because they were technically neck and neck there. So how does Chicago squeeze into this? I hear a lot of people, you know, just, and it's, you know, a lot of Vegas, you know, oh, Chicago Cup contenders, like, come on, man, we're talking about a 37-year-old goalie. Oh, yes, he just won the Vezina, but, like, let's, let's be honest here. Chicago's still a long way from contending, and I don't even know if they're even a playoff team at this point. And Chicago's had a bad history of giving away people for free. Um, but uh, now they have a good history of taking people for free. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing because you're right. I don't like people get so attached to the sexiness of a sports story than they do the actual kind of logic, reasoning, and real science behind it. Um, in hindsight, as I said, I it, it was kind of the deal that made the most sense for Flurry. Just let him go. See ya. Um, you've done what you could. We didn't really want to put a value on you. So the value we're putting on you is your cap space. Yeah, um, but I mean. And 
Bill Foley looked him and his family <laughs> in the eye and said, you are going to retire a Vegas. Now, he still can, obviously, next year. If he yes. Plays. But the, the thing I, and I learned today, I mean, you know, the, I, I, not today, but I learned this year that you can't renegotiate contracts in the NHL. I didn't know that. Because my thought was, how are you not trying to tell Flurry, hey, you want to stay here? We need you to take three and a half off your team. Right. I well, I was like, that, unless you can't do that. I thought they'd address that with the Roberto Luongo situation. I know that was the Bobby Lou situation when he was in Vancouver, was who could eat his contract. And even he had famously publicly said in a press conference, I wish I could renegotiate this deal. Like, I wish I could do what I could. Like, it, it, it's not even that hard. So it is kind of interesting that, they, yeah, they do lock it in and there's no restructuring that happens. So with that being said, I don't know that adding a $7 million Mark andre Fleury to the Chicago Net, other than selling some jerseys, other than making games with Winnipeg that much more interesting. For you. Like, for us. <laughs> I, think what, I think what Chicago could do is they could potentially play a bit of spoiler role, and they could make life harder for a team like Winnipeg who just traditionally stylistically hasn't fared well with their big brothers from the South kind of thing. You know, it's every time they play Chicago, it's like they're getting roughed up by their older brother, who no matter what, even if the older brother shows up hungover, still beats them up. It's, uh, it's just kind of one of those things. And, and I'd, I'd like to think Chicago's taking a step forward this season than from last season. Well, yeah. I mean, and just with, with talent that, alone that, that was acquired, you, you should. You know, so I, I think that's more so where their niche is going to be is that they're just going to make that road for teams a little bit harder. Could they maybe knock off a team like Minnesota? I don't, did Minnesota make any moves to get any better? Um, I know they just lost Parise and Suter, but. Uh, well, and they traded away Joel Erickson Eck. And uh, what have they brought in? Correct me if I'm wrong, they brought in Sam Reinhart. Okay. Or did um, he end up in Florida? Yeah, so. I mean, Minnesota could be a situation. Again, they could just open it up for maybe a, an extra Pacific team to slip into a wild card spot. I think that's kind of where we would be at. Um, I, 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 yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced until we know what's happening with Taves. I'm not, I'm not throwing in my bet behind Chicago just yet. It's going to drive me nuts who they traded him for. Well, it says Eric's next on the um, – but I could have sworn he got traded. Oh, Erickson Eck. I know this is riveting radio, but yeah. nah, maybe the trade fell through or something. I don't know. I could have sworn Could've. I saw could have sworn I saw that he was moved, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm I'm a clear They they have a ton of cap space though, which I think is part of the Minnesota's strength if they're able to go out and I don't know, he just signed a big deal. Big deals. Yeah. So um yeah, Erickson Eck is now under contract. Eight year, forty-two million yeah. through the twenty twenty-nine season. So you know they've got a couple of RFAs. They've got Kirill Kaprizov, who I don't even know what's going on with him. I don't um, think he comes back. It doesn't sound like he wants to. Yeah. So, well, I mean, if you want to come over and play in the NHL, do you really want to do it in Minnesota? I mean. With Gusev, he came to Vegas. They could have made – I mean, same with Samus Shibership. They could have made him into a star. You want to go, you know, with the Artemi Panarin. You want to go to Chicago. You want to go to New York. You want to be a star. Why are you going to come over here and play in Minnesota? You know, yeah, no, I mean, no disrespect to Minnesota. I know they're like the birthplace of American hockey, but 
Hey, you know, Minneapolis and St. Paul are nice cities. I don't know that they're like the booming metropolises that uh, stars seek out, like you're saying. But I mean, they're nice cities. They're shitload better than Columbus. I well, I you. agree. But like, take Columbus. What if the Columbus Blue Jackets drafted Alex Ovechkin? Is he the same Alex Ovechkin superstar? You know, I know he can score, but is he going to, you know, is he going to do all that he's done in Columbus? And is he going to be loyal to Columbus like he is to D.C.? Mm. You're right. That's a very different career. True enough. Drafted, yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Is at what point, uh, yeah, I mean, superstars are superstars depending on a lot of things. Ovechkin, I don't know. I think there is a motivation for him to do it all with Washington. Yeah, you couldn't put him in Columbus and expect things. You couldn't maybe like Detroit because they have some Russians of yesteryear. But yeah, no, you can't transpose him into Columbus. <laughs> it's, it's the old uh, argument. If you put Derek Jeter in Kansas City, he's still a Hall of Famer. Right. Mm. Griffey would have been. Griffey Jr. would have been. Right. He, he is. <laughs> he is. <laughs> All right. David Krejci. I want to talk about him a little bit. I want to get pick Boston, uh, pick Boston Spike's brain here. Um, why he no go back to Bruins? Uh, he's what mid thirties, I think 35, 36, something like that. And you know, he's from the Czech Republic, but he's been playing in the States for God, 15 years, maybe longer at this point. So he said, yeah, he wanted to play in front of friends and family. Finally, like he wanted to be able to be in his hometown. He wanted his like everybody uh, that he knew growing up, be able to see him play day in, day out. And, um, I, I think part of it, you know, he was making like seven or seven and a half with the Bruins when his contract ran out. Uh, Boston wasn't going to give him that, that number again. I can't think of many teams that would for a guy that's essentially like a two C, maybe a three C at this point in his career, especially a guy like Krejci that needs to have good pieces around him in order to succeed. Like he play, he's the kind of guy that will absolutely play up to the level of talent around him. And he'll also play down to the level of talent around him. So if he doesn't have good players on his wings, he is not going to have a good season. We saw that for most of this past year with Boston. It wasn't until he got Taylor Hall that, you know, he actually started producing and producing on a consistent basis. So I think, you know, the the public answer was he wanted to be able to play in his home country, in front of his family, in front of people, that he wanted to play in front of. And I think part of it too was just knowing that his NHL contract, whatever it was going to be, wasn't going to be anything near that seven and a half that he got in Boston. Uh, The teams that probably could have afforded him were teams like the Minnesotas of the world that, you know, even if they gave him that money, it's like you said, Aaron, who wants to play in Minnesota when you can play in front of family? So I think he just said to hell with it. Wants to go play his last couple of years in the Czech Republic and, you know, it, it's tough, but I think the Bruins have made enough moves in the offseason, uh, getting Eric Halla, uh, keeping uh, Charlie Coyle under contract, and uh, even uh, picking off Nosek from the Knights. They've now got some pretty good depth at center, including some uh, 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 Stadnika there that they can move around so that they can – you know, the, those four lines are centered pretty well right now. 
They didn't need to bring him back. I think they've got what they need moving forward. I think we're going to see Hala at second center, uh, probably Coyle, and then uh, Nosik, or maybe Studnika, but I think Nosik actually gets the nod at 4C for Boston right now. I, you know, it's still a team that has center depth. They didn't need to bring a guy like Krejci back. He'll be missed. Like, he, he's a good player. He's a, a great fan favorite. I think he's, like, fourth in playoff goals in the NHL since 2005. So, or fourth in playoff points, maybe. So, like... Fifth, yeah, fifth. Yeah, fifth. There you go. So, like, he's there. He's a productive player. He's still going to be a productive player in the Czech Republic. And, you know, more power to him for choosing family over money. I don't know. I, I, I'm happy for him. I'm going to miss him as a Bruin, but I think the Bruins will be fine without him. Yeah, I don't disagree about the Bruins. They're definitely maybe addition by subtraction in that spot. But I, I just, I'm just curious about how, I mean, unless he was just absolutely like, I want seven or greater or, you know, take it or leave it. But you're right. Played, you know, he was the Stanley Cup, uh, uh, Stanley Cup champion. He led the team uh, that year with 23 points in 25 playoff games. Uh, is he a Hall of Famer? Hall of yeah. Famer, 215 goals, 515 assists. Plus one forty three for his career. No, I, he's um, he he's got nice numbers, but uh, that's Hall of Very Good, not Hall of Fame. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Hall of Very Good, Bruins Hall of Fame for sure. Oh yeah, 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 and I mean he was with them for so long; they might even consider retiring his number. Um, you know, that is something that they really like doing for the guys that have spent a ton of years there i don't know that he was flashy enough for that to happen but um they'll they'll certainly have some kind of remembrance for him when he finally hangs it up in the czech republic and they'll invite him back for a special night did um patrick eliash ever make the hall oh i think so patrick eliash didn't make the hall crazy's not making the hall that would be that I think to me when I think about or I guess and maybe it's a weird comparison to make. I just sometimes I get into the habit of being like, well, look, if so and so doesn't get in the hall, how's this person getting in? I think even when you think of the backlog of players, like I think that 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 requirement goes up. It's kind of like the Roberto Luongo thing. He's gonna get, be a guy that we talk about about, man, he was so good to have never done anything. And, I, you know, Krejci's going to be slightly better than that. He's going to have a slightly better than that resume, in my opinion. And Patrick Eliash has 1,000 points and 400. And three cups. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, cups obviously matter. I don't know if necessarily they're going to be – they're going to be a deciding factor between two guys. But I don't know if, if, if stats are like this, you know, it's – yeah, I, I got to imagine that Patrick Elias is going to get in, though. I have to. I, I thought he was already in. Like, I don't see anything. It, yeah, if he's not, not in, I don't yeah, see anything. But he's, yeah. but he's just now. Uh, what is it? Five years? Ten years? What is it that you have to wait, or is it immediate? Five yeah, years, isn't it? To the hockey halls. Either five. four or five, yeah. Yeah, it's not ten. Okay. Well, the reason I ask is because 
he's he he was still playing in the NHL in 2016. So I think we're right. coming up on him. So to say he's right. not in. Oh right, I forgot. Elias really recently retired. That's true. Yeah, El- Elias has been voted on. Like, I know that much. So. Um, well, regardless, I just think to me that settles my argument on Krejci. Yeah. Well, yeah, if a guy like Elias doesn't get in, then yes, Krejci is, is not going to be uh, uh, available. Right. Yeah, he's been voted on twice and didn't get in. Oh, okay. So then that, what does that mean? I mean, do they so not? That means it, it's probably three or four years before they. Uh, yeah, because he played 16 games in 2015 16. So. I mean, I don't know. If Elias doesn't get in, is he close? Like, is he is he just is he just whipping? Or are there better players ahead of him? Uh, be better than Elias that's left. <laughs> like, when you think about it, like, yeah, the the thousand points and three cups at and an Olympic gold medal. I understand. That's what I'm saying. Who's ahead of him? Like that, he's not getting in, or or is he just a, one of those guys that's on the threshold and then when you get a year where there's you know you know not a uh, a slam dunks then because that happens sometimes you know like marty st louis is another one i think who got in on a year that there wasn't a ton ahead of him right st louis is an interesting one i always forget about st louis that's a good one actually that's a really really good one um and I'm trying to think, like Cavalier, he won't, he might not get in. No, I don't think Cavalier will get in. The Cavalier will be another one that doesn't get in. Where do you think Jumbo Joe finishes? Do you think Thornton finds a way in? No. Really? I was gonna say. No, you I think? think I think I, I mean, are you saying first ballot? Are you saying ever or what? Ever. Do you think there's enough of a gap? There'll ever be enough of a gap that they're like, all right, yeah, we can oh, we can right. spot oh, you right. in here. All right, fair. I, I grossly uh, shorted He's his not a first balloter. Not in well, a million years. Well, I grossly shorted his stats. I didn't know he had 1,500 points. So, yes, I think he probably is a first balloter. You think Thornton's a first? I think that's sentiment if he gets in on the first ballot, just because everybody loves Jumbo Joe. I... Uh, I don't know that Merritt gets you in that case. I think to me, he's like a Bobby Lou. Well, but what did you really do? Well, goalies are different. True. And Thornton, Thornton has a history of making players around him better. Like that was Joe Thornton's impact on the game, especially in the 2000s, early 2010s. Man, there was a time when he was probably the most elite playmaker in the game. But for sure, just in terms of making everybody on that ice on hit wearing the same jersey as him better, I don't think there was anybody, arguably since Gretzky, that could that did it the way uh, Thornton did. I mean, yeah, Lemieux was putting up monster numbers himself. Yeah, he had Yager, another um, legendary top ten talent of all time. Joe Thornton was doing it with, when you look back on it, San Jose probably wasn't going to be as good without him as they were with him. Yeah, most likely. I, I don't disagree with that. He was played on some bad Boston teams in the beginning as well. He did. 200-point years. 06 to 2011, he was a point-a-game player. Point-a-game right. plus. Yeah. Uh, what, scored 30 goals 
twice, both with Boston. Never scored 30 goals with San Jose. But he had an Art, he had an Art Ross, at least, at least one Art Ross. Mm. Yeah, he won the Art Ross and he won the Art he Ross. Got traded. He, won, he won the Hart in 06 as well, too. So. Oh, I didn't know he won a Hart. There you go. Yeah, so I think Thornton probably is a first balloter when it's all said and done. And he's, a, and he's 500 points over Eliash at this point. So. True. But again, I think that does when you start when you add in three cups and a gold medal. Yeah, they start it, to come like this. They, start they to do. Come yeah, it it starts to converge a little bit. Yeah, so well, that's fair. I don't know. I mean, back to the crazy thing. You're probably not. I mean, eight hundred points. It's hard to get in unless you do eight hundred points in like ten years. Right. You know, unless you're just you're like the Terrell Davis of the NHL. You know, do all your damage in five years and be done. True. True enough. That's a very yeah. That's that's completely valid. Yes, if you can maximize those prime years and know that that's what you're doing. I mean, Bossy did it. Bure did it. Lindros had it done to him. Uh, I mean, yeah. True enough. What uh, What do you guys think about Jack Eichel's camp and their their statement they put out? We'll call it statement of. You know, they thought they'd be traded by now. Like, uh, what, what do you guys think about that? Just general thoughts, and we can kind of dive into it. Yeah, I just I, – I don't know how this helps anything. Like, it, it just doesn't seem like any good is going to come from this statement. Like, now Buffalo looks like if they trade him, they're trading him because his camp put pressure on the team to trade him mm-hmm. rather than, like, the fact that they were probably going to do it anyway. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, agents don't need to, we don't need to know who they are. We don't need to know what they're thinking. All they have to do is sign the deals and be done with it. The fact that we know like Alan was flurry and the fact that we're hearing from Eichel's agents and his you know management team or whatever, just like, this is where I think it's more appropriate to say, shut the fuck up and get into the background as opposed to doing it to Robin Leonard. I'd rather do it to these guys because it just it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, to be fair with the Robin Leonard situation, we're talking we're saying shut the fuck up in regards to the gambling. The mental health thing, I'm sure the Vegas old knights don't love it, but how are you gonna censor a guy for that stuff? Sure. Yeah. They I think they're saying, dude, shut up with the abandoned hand talk. Right. Yeah. yeah, but it's just like I I I don't know what good comes out of speaking on topics like this and like you know i'm always going to go back to the first season of the golden knights before they even ever took their first game bill foley came out and said if any of my players take a knee i'm suspending them uh during taking a knee during the national anthem if any of them take a knee i'm suspending them well then they get to the stanley cup finals so i'm like okay and i put this out to kenneth sinbin and a couple other people on twitter like ask foley if that Carlson line takes a knee during the national anthem of the Stanley cup final, are they going to get suspended for the first game or the second game? And right. nobody would ask the question. But it's like, <clears throat> what good did fully do for himself to actually say that? None didn't, whatsoever. Didn't so Reeves take a knee that, that year too, or was it the next year? It was in the bubble. Yeah. It was in the bubble. actually. It was in the bubble because Reeves wasn't, bubble, bubble, yeah, wasn't there in their first year. But he was there at the end. Yeah. He was scratched. Was yeah, he there he their first year? No, he got there their second year. There's no uh, way he made it. He was a deadline deal at the first year. Oh. Reeves was traded. He was actually a throw-in because it was a three-way deal to prevent – Jason Zucker, right? 
No, it was a center that was supposed to go to Winnipeg. Um, I thought they got him from Pittsburgh, didn't they? They, they it did. was a three-team deal, but it was they took on Reeves. Um, was it Tanev involved or something weird like that? Maybe. I, now I, I can't remember who the deal was for, but yeah, it it was a throw-in where Pittsburgh threw Reeves to Vegas because Vegas did whatever to prevent a center from going to Winnipeg because they wanted to keep that guy, whoever it is, whose name escapes me now, out of the Western Conference. I feel like it was Jason Zucker. Oh, Derek Broussard. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that was it. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. (laughs) Yeah, it was Derek Broussard to the Penguins, Reeves to Vegas, and Ian Cole to Ottawa. But yeah, right. they, wanted, they wanted Broussard to stay out of uh, the West. Yeah, the West. Yeah, shit. That's... Ottawa made out like a bandit. Two first round picks from Pittsburgh. I mean, they didn't do anything with them, but <laughs> the second ranked goalie prospect in the uh, in the Pittsburgh system and Ian Cole. And uh... Vegas gave up nothing except for salary retention. Yeah. Oh, like Tobias Lindbergh, but I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. And that was the last we ever heard of Tobias Lindbergh. <laughs> that was that was it. I don't know. It's weird because this isn't the first time an agent has spoken out like this. Here's one, just a little sidebar. Pittsburgh got Vincent Dunn in that trade. Hmm. New Seattle Kraken Vince Dunn. There you go. It all comes full circle. Um, but this isn't the first time an agent spoken out. Is it who it would be interesting to see who else um Eichel has, I mean, Eichel's agent represents. Yeah, I, like, I, don't, I don't know. I just think this whole thing is just bananas because it, it, it's to me, and I don't want to get too far off on a tangent here, but how are the Bills run so well, minus the whole stadium, the whole moving the team to Austin thing? How are the Bills run so well and the Sabres are run so bad when they're the same owner? I don't okay. believe, I don't believe they're run bad, they're run poorly, but fans would have you believe it. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I think it, it's that mentality, man. It's, it's culture. It's mentality. Eichel's kind of saying it, had been saying it from like season one. These guys are too used to losing. And it's, I mean, we're seeing it in other sports. We're seeing it with Conor McGregor. It's hard to be hungry with a full belly. And I mean, oh, Aaron Rodgers at the Green Bay camp, he's like, let's be honest, Green Bay isn't exactly a resort town. You come here to play for, with me. Um, I think, yeah, Buffalo. What the hell is there to do in Buffalo? Play hockey. Like, Canada. You know, like, it's, it's, not a, it's not a sexy town. No offense to people in Buffalo, but it's, it's not the Tampa Bays. It's not the Vegas. It's not the Dallas Stars. Like, it's, it's, it's not the Nashvilles. But why is Buffalo supposed to get fleeced here? I have no idea. I, but what's interesting about the Jack Eichel saga is, A, it's their captain. B, he's been disgruntled for a while. And C, now there's, a weird in, there's some weird accusations regarding injuries and the handling of them that have yet to be clarified. I mean, Eichel himself came out and spoke and spoke relatively candidly. I don't know that his agent and lawyers and representatives could have been too happy with what he said and revealed. Um, but it's not like the organization has fired back. We've seen the same case with other teams where players have talked about, oh, well, I've had this injury. I mean, Lindros was a famous one. 
um, where the teams have defended their position. Um, I don't, and maybe I've missed it. I don't know, but it, it seems like Buffalo's kind of played it weird too. They haven't come out and addressed it. They haven't said, Hey, we've given Jack the best of everything. Like, we don't know why Jack is saying this. We're dedicated to this. Or, and if he's not happy, we'll move him. They've had very weird um, spins on their own narrative that don't control any kind of situation, let alone really address what's going on with Eichel. Well, the, 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 the question, Spike, is that I don't think Buffalo wants Jack to get this surgery, and, and, and obviously Jack Eichel does. And now Buffalo doesn't want – Jack Eichel get the surgery because his trade value reduces in this spot because he's not going to be ready for the start of the season because any team that takes him on is going to let him get this surgery, I assume. You would think, and I think Minnesota's actually come out and said that if Eichel gets traded there, then he can get whatever surgery he wants slash needs. So, you know, more power to him on that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to think that Buffalo is so against him getting the surgery because everybody knows he has medical problems. Everybody knows that if he gets the surgery, he is going to be a better player. I just, I don't understand what the holdup is slash was like, why would they be standing in the way of this? It can't just be about the trade value because it's not like it's a secret. It's not like he's not going to have to pass a physical. Like this is a known fact, a known issue with Jack Eichel. Like, why beat around the bush about like I, I just none of this has made sense to me from the beginning so i'm just I, well, I i don't know how this goes teams can let teams can pass a physical knowing you know these kind of things you can still pass a physical the word is tom brady you know had that mcl tear that the buck said you know checked off on it anyways um but the question i have is what team who's a contender right now has ten and a half million dollars that's just laying around one, laying around in the flat cap era, and two, is laying around so that you don't have to need this guy for the season, maybe? Yeah, Minnesota. I mean, I, I, they've got 19 and a half million. Does he, make them a cup, does he make them a cup contender? Makes them a lot better, especially in that tough division. Sure, but let's just say Jack Eichel gets traded to Minnesota, sits out the entire year. They make the playoffs, you know, like they do. They kind of skirt in the playoffs as a wild, you know, WC2. And Jack Eichel comes back. Now he's making his Minnesota debut off of neck surgery in game one of the playoffs. That can't be good for Minnesota or Jack Eichel. No, but, well, not this season, but it'll be good for them next year. Well, you got to imagine anybody taking on 10.5 million wants to contend right now. Potentially. Well, I mean, how many years does he have left on his deal? Oh, God. That's a good question. Who's got faster fingers? Well, I just want to – it's one of those weird things, too, um, when it comes to the whole physical thing. Remember, too, the biggest controversy – and I think it was Shannon Sharp was even saying on uh, – when he was talking to Skip about this, I forget which player it was, was coming out and trying to say that, you know, the teams have a different motivation. That's long been the case in sports when it comes to passing and failing physicals is that what the team has as a standardized, like you're good to go is very different than what's in your best interest as good to go. Well, that was and, all the whole concussion discussion. Pardon me? 
that was all with all the concussions when the concussions were a big thing in the NFL because the, the team may say you're good to go and you might be persuaded that you're good to go, but long-term you're not good to go. But no, even Shan was saying it happens with all injuries and it's a well-known thing in sports. Like it's well, a, I think the, the ACL tears are a big thing. I, when I right. was growing up, an ACL tear, you were out for a year. Maybe. Right. Now you got Saquon Barkley maybe playing week one. You got, I mean, name your, name your running back at that point. They're, Adrian Peterson came back off an ACL tear and was better than ever. So, you know, apples yeah. to oranges maybe? Or, uh, Jack uh, Eichel has five more, the, the five more years at $10 million. Uh, 2025-26 is when that contract ends. But, I mean, that's the thing I don't understand too is like – and maybe it's, to, it's detracting people from wanting to go to Buffalo other than the fact it's Buffalo. But with, with the long-term injury, they have almost 30-something million in cap space. I mean, if, if there's ever an era to try to compete, the flat cap era, start overpaying every single star in free agency. Like, why did they not overpay freaking Gabriel Landeskog? Why did they not go after anything? And didn't they even lose their starting goalie? Didn't they say goodbye to Linus Allmark? Yeah, um, they let him go. They got Aaron <laughs> Dell and Craig Anderson. Yeah, well, Allmark uh, wasn't under contract. He was a free agent, but you're right. They never – Well, they let him go, yeah. yeah but they could have overpaid him if they wanted him to stay. Yeah. yeah. Are, you be- are you better today with Aaron Dell and um, Craig Anderson than you are yesterday with uh, Allmark? I don't know. Uh, no. Yeah, no, it's true enough. It's true enough. Yeah, if you're gonna get the LTI, uh, gonna get the long-term uh, injured reserve uh, space, yeah, you'd think they would have gotten more aggressive. But again, how many players are just like, "Fuck no, I'm not taking that. No, not to play there." Right? Like, there's some sort of stench about that team. I, I don't know and, if it's that. I think it's the Tampa effect. Why don't I go? Why don't I go to a tax-free state in America or in the U.S. And, and, and enjoy the sunshine and golf and, and make the same amount of money. You know, I, this, this belief that hockey has to be a cold, cold state, you know, just like I see it all the time. I mean, with, mm-hmm. with people making fun of Vegas fans, people making fun of Stars fans, people making fun of, of Lightning and Panther fans. Like, do they even know where the arena is? Like, shut up, dude. Like, your players want to come here. I think that might be some of it. People forget uh, pre-cap. Um... The last two cups would have been won by Tampa Bay and Carolina, respectively, and those are southern markets. I mean, Tampa Bay should have won the lockout cup too. They were loaded. And and lest we forget too, it's not like the Dallas Stars were suckers. No, Dallas was Dallas was right up there bidding on talent, and they would get it. Um, like lest we forget, this was a team that had Brett Hull on their second line. Uh, why why go to Buffalo when you can go to Florida and do the same? Exactly. Thing? Exactly. No, it's, it, it's, 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 yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. And I think it's kind of that idea that, that trap. And I think a lot of, especially in hockey where you're not making Steph Curry money now, apparently like that's the new standard, but yeah, you're not making LeBron James money. You're not making Steph Curry money. You're making on the low end of the high end spectrum, if that makes sense. Uh, for in sports. Time. Sure. Yeah. And so it comes down to a weird thing where if you're a young Jack Eichel, you're restricted, you know, the first time you're up for contract negotiations, they're going to throw, they're going to open the vault to you. It's hard not to take it. It's also just, again, yeah, if you're like hockey's so cutthroat because you can be a generational talent from your home state, your home province, your home area of the, the world and not crack it in the NHL. 
Like it's so competitive of all the sports. I truly believe it's one of the ones where you see the most elite players not make it. But that's what I'm saying. Like this is the spot right now for Buffalo with $38 million, especially if Eichel never comes back. I know they have to re-sign Casey Middlestat and Rasmus Dahlin. I get that. They're going to probably open up the tank for Ross uh, Dahlin. But at the same time, like you got, let's just say you had 30. Why not go throw two year, $20 million deals at anybody? Philip Grubauer, you know, Philippe Grubauer, uh, Gabriel Landeskog, go just throw, go throw $10 million deals at, at anybody who wants to just play for money. It's true. It, when you think about it, it, it is interesting that like a Danell and Landis Cog didn't both end up in Buffalo. You know, they, they didn't just make a splash and try to ruin it for everybody else. I'm like, yeah, hey, we'll, we'll pay. Well, Dano <laughs> ended up in LA for five and a half million dollars. He's going to pay half that in taxes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So why not go to Buffalo where the New York tax rate's the same? Stay, yeah. uh, stay near Canada and, and take 10. Why don't they and offer you could, eight? And you and you could arguably, again, I think it's, yeah, I don't know. What, I, it's a tough one when you think about where they're going wrong. There's some conversations that, that we're not privy to. Um, $38 million in a flat cap era. You're, other than yeah. Seattle, you're the, you're the bell of the ball. Yes. Even if you're not good, you just have a bunch of guys who sell tickets. Well, and who knows? Maybe it could be an interesting thing. Maybe they pick it up in the next month or all of a sudden they get some news back on Eichel's status maybe Eichel is staying maybe he is getting the surgery maybe he will be back towards you know the playoffs again now all of a sudden if you have 38 million in spending money well if I back all of a sudden, you don't have it you know but yeah you'll well, you get it if he's you get it uh, if he's not back till playoffs though well yeah 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 okay I thought you're talking about the game of the year no 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 Eichel's gone till the playoffs yeah let him get the surgery use your 38 million and go sign a bunch of guys exactly Mm-hmm. Like you could just ransack entire teams if you wanted to. Well, that and if your team sucks, management looks like a freaking looks yeah. great. The front yeah. office looks great. Hey, we brought in Landis Scott. Hey, we brought in Philippe Grubauer. Hey, Jack Eichel got his surgery, came back with well, what what would have been the playoffs that we didn't make? You know, like we yeah. did everything. <laughs> we did everything right here, minus the fact that Kyle Ocposo is still in the books. We did everything right here, and <laughs> it's not us, guys. It's the players. They suck. And now we trade Jack Eichel. And in, and in a year, we get rid of Gabriel Landeskog and we get rid of Philippe Grubauer. And, and then we start over again, but we have good faith with the fans. So, I don't yeah, know. I mean, it, it, it's tough to say that a team has, like, or, or a team's doing everything it can to win when it still has Anders Bjork on their roster. But <laughs> that's, uh, I guess that's neither here nor there. Is Cody Eakin still on the Sabres? Yeah, yeah. So, speaking of contract. Yeah, he is. Oh, Speaking of free agents, Sonny, I know you got to run here. Who's the best Lord. remaining UFA that Buffalo can spend on? Who's the best remaining UFA? Oof, I'd have to take a quick look uh, at the list. Um, ooh. Uh, I'll go first. I think it's Tomas okay. Tatar. I think it's Tatar. You love Tatar. I love Tomas Tatar, and I love him even more that he got the raw deal here. Today. I love Tomas Tatar. I mean, how do you how do you go wrong with a guy who can put up 20, 25 goals consistently in his life until last year when I don't know how he fell out of favor in that on that Montreal team? Could you imagine Tatar on there too? I think they would have been better. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know how he felt so badly out of favor that he was just like, "Whoa, we don't even want you around anymore." That was yeah. a weird one. I don't even want you to dress or anything like that. Yeah. 
just stay the hell away. Did, weren't they did, did they do that with um what's his name? The young guy that they got from Tampa? Drew N, he was hurt. Oh, but, was he hurt? Okay. But yeah, look, uh, before, before last year, 22, 25, 20 with Detroit and Vegas, and he actually got the shaft in Vegas. 25, 21, 29, 19. I mean, good lord. 20 goal scorers don't grow on trees for two, three million dollars. Go get them, Buffalo. I'm looking here at the list. I don't know uh, that's restricted. I mean, nope. the obvious answer, if he wasn't hurt, would be Tuka Rask. Yeah, well, he's hurt. Right. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, he's hurt, but he's coming back. They're expected back sometime between January and February. So, it's not like he'd even miss the entirety of the regular season. He, you know, would come back for at least part of it. But I think of the players that are out there that are healthy, that are um, reasonably priced, that could go to Buffalo, I, for me, it's Casey Sezikas. Okay. That's fine. That's a good one too. Um, huh? What? Uh, well, uh, actually, no. He, he's seen his bet worst. I was gonna say Corey Schneider, but he's seen his best days uh, come and go. Tomas Tatar, even in the season where he got kind of benched, he played forty-seven games. He is, in terms of points, the highest point getter. That's not a restricted free agent who is a free agent. And I'm, I, again, I would love to see Tatar come back to Vegas. They don't have any more money for him. Or if, if somehow he gets a league minimum, I don't know. We'll see. But, I mean, you have Z, you have Palmieri is another one. Like I that mean, was That's the one I was going to jump on. I was going to jump on Palmieri. Or you, was, or you go throw $12 million at Caprile Caprizov, dude. I mean, yeah, Caprizov, the fact that he's still around, too, is an interesting one. I was actually going to say, maybe not for Buffalo. Well, I guess if it, if it is for Buffalo – Oh man, who could? I'm trying to look at who's the people that could. Ta- Tatar is probably the best one that could. Maybe Sam Reinhardt, but didn't they have Reinhardt? Yeah, they traded him. <laughs> yeah, so right, so you can't bring him back. Maybe yeah. Palmieri. Yeah, I think the only, the only players that could jump right in that lineup, Marcus Johansson. Okay, sure. Marcus Johansson wow. would be the only one that would, it, to me, would be up there with, um, in terms of. They could protect, they, they could make an impact on day one. Go pay yeah. Joe Thornton five million dollars and give him a farewell tour. Let him do the big, uh, let him do the David Ortiz farewell tour. At that point, though, wouldn't you could almost do that with like a Zach Breeze or even a David Backus? Do all um, of them, do all no, of them. Uh, and then what side Henrik Lundqvist did that? Sure, you might actually be halfway competitive. Uh, actually, I'm shocked they haven't gone after even a Devin Dubnik. Oh, yikes. You think Dubnik's best days are behind him? I think Dubnik's best days are like eight years behind him. Yeah, it could be. I mean, someone make an argument that Dubnik never really had best days, that he had some over-accomplishing years. And, uh, he had Mike Smith years. He's a yes. good, good goalie on, a, on an average team or bad yeah. team. There you go. I would actually say when Mike Smith was at his best, he was probably better than Dubnik at his best. Um... Yeah, that's where I'd kind of go with that. Yeah, it's kind of a weird situation here. I think I think we just figured out Buffalo's plan. Let Eichel get the surgery, sit him out, give all those four guys two, three, four million dollars. Let them do some farewell tours. I mean, you would sell tickets. Hey, look, when are we going to see all these guys again? Boom, there it is. Yeah, Eric Stahl could then find himself on a on a retirement tour as well. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. Zdeno Chara. 
Travis Patrick, Zajac. Patrick Marlowe. <laughs> it's really have Patrick Marlowe. How many retire? How many farewell tours is that guy going to get? He just seems to keep sticking around. But yeah, Tuka Rask, Tuka Rask, another one. You know, I mean, it's just. Yeah, what is going to? Do, do you think Tuka is going to find himself in uh, Boston? Do you think he's going to find himself retiring? Like, what's going on there? Oh yeah, no, he'll he'll come back to Boston. I mean. They, I think they like the idea of Olmark and Swayman as their one and two going into the year, but I think they want Tuca for the playoff run. Yeah. So they'll 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 bring him back. I can't imagine a world where Tuca Rask doesn't sign with Boston this year. Yeah, no, I can't see it either. I I, I think Tuca's at a point too where he's accomplished enough, he's made enough, he's probably retiring back to Finland. If he's not playing in a Bruins uniform, he's probably not playing. Agreed. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Bruins or nothing at that point. Yeah. That was pretty much it for me uh, as far as what was going on here, which is you got to save it all. We got another week. We got lots of we got lots, true, yeah. we got lots to talk about. It was a long off season until October here. So. It really is. That's the, that's the thing about hockey. Is, and then it, after free agent frenzy, like unless there's holdouts, unless there's like the William Nylander thing. Yeah. Uh, or even a couple of years ago, the Kyle Connor Patrick Line situation where they kind of held out to the last second and everybody was kind of like, who's going to get more? And then, I mean, I had said on my show, I'd, and I, then I, and I stand by it. I said, Connor gets a, uh, gets a, a seven, Line gets a six. Connor's more valuable. And I mean, it's paid off, it's, it's shown. Um, Line is, who even knows what's happening with Patrick Line? That's going to be an interesting. We can talk about that one in a future episode. Didn't he resign? He's, I think he resigned with Columbus, too, didn't he? Yeah, but apparently he's pissed off there, too. Yeah, you're right. Save that for another episode. We'll have, we'll have to talk about that for sure. So. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to wrap it up here for another edition of the Unhealthy Scratch podcast. Obviously, we appreciate you listening. Check out our sponsor, Eden's Herbals. Uh, if you go on our Instagram or if you go on our Twitter, in our bio is our link tree. You click on that link tree, you can get directly to Eden's Herbals using our direct uh, affiliate link there. So shop there. It helps out the podcast. And we greatly appreciate it. So for the dude, Sonny D, for Spike, I am Aaron. We appreciate you listening. Next week, Patrick Line on the slate. We'll talk to you next time.